G'day folks, and thanks Cade for the opportunity to share my testimony on rest. When I was reflecting on Cade's invitation, I was thinking, you know, perhaps I'm the least qualified person to give a, a personal testimony on rest. I, I, I can speak about it, I can write about it. In fact, I've, I've finished another book called The Wonder and people ask me what my favourite chapter is and it's, it's the chapter on the wonder of rest. I can preach about it, I can talk about it, I can advise people about it, I'm, I'm good at advice, but when it comes to applying rest to my life, it's one of my biggest challenges. In fact, about four or five years ago, I, I went and saw a naturopath for the first time and people say to me, what's the difference between a, a GP and a naturopath? And I say, well, about uh, $250 in 45 minutes. But in those 45 minutes, the naturopath listened to my story and listened to my history and then said to me, in those 14 years where you were senior pastor of that large church, you were redlining your engine. He said, no, not, not even a Formula One engine redlines for 14 years. And now your body's keeping score. Well, I suppose I'd already known that. And if you'd asked my wife, she could have told me that. Well, she probably was telling me that, but I wasn't listening. One of the things that has happened as I've reflected on rest since that time is I've discovered there's a lot of patterns that we can put in about rest. There's a lot of practices we can put in about rest. There's a lot of things we can adopt about rest. But rest really needs to radiate from the center. Jesus says, come to me, all you are, who are, who, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you a rest, you give you rest. You take my yoke upon you and, and you will find rest for your souls. So to develop a lifestyle of rest, it's significant that we actually learn what it means to practice soul rest rest at the very core of our being. And at the very core of our being, in our heart, in our soul, there's the love of the Father. And so for rest to be part of our lifestyle, our identity is to be recalibrated so that we live loved, live full of Father's love. And when we live full of Father's love, when we live uh, in, in the fullness of our identity, excuse the hay fever, when, when we live in the, in the fullness of our identity, we know that we know that we know that we know that we're loved and then we're not striving for love, we're not earning love, we're not performing for love, we're, we're not on the, the performance treadmill that says, um, you know, if I get these boots, then people will look at me and say, wow, you know, how, how, good, is, how, how good does she look? Or how, how, how great is his new crocodile skin belt? <laughs> because then we'll see someone with one nicer and the rest will go. Uh, if we get that promotion, you know, then we think, well, then I will have made it. And when I get a raise in salary, then uh, I, I will have more disposable income and I'll be able to do what I like in life. But when and then thinking, I've discovered is always a, a robber of rest. You know, one of my biggest challenges was when I became senior pastor in 1996 and within one month of being at the place, a well-meaning person came and said to me, you know, our goal is to have 1,000 by 2,000. 
I said, excuse me, what do you mean? And he said, uh, this was 1996, February. He said, we want to have 1,000 people by the year 2,000 people. Well, he told that to the wrong person or the right person. <laughs> I'm a type A personality. And, and so uh, subliminally, I took that on myself that, you know, let's increase our attendance. And we went from 200 to 300. Then we went from 300 to 400. We went from 400 to 500. We went from 500 to 600. You think I'd be excited by that. You think that'd be great. You know, God's kingdom's growing. More people are getting connected. But in the back of my mind was when and then thinking, you know, when we get to 1,000, it's a lie of the enemy. And he wants to rob us of rest. And when he robs us of rest, he robs us of something that Father God instilled into creation. Right after he created human beings at the pinnacle of his creation, everything was good, everything was good, everything was good. He creates human beings and he said, now everything is very good and he rests. Which doesn't mean he had a sleep or a nap, although there's nothing wrong with that. But it means he put into creation a cycle of rest that is restorative, that is refreshing so that you and I can always live in fathers. It was very good. But when we uh, go on a pursuit of more is better and, 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 and harder is more admirable, uh, then we're robbing ourselves of God's it was very good. And we're saying, if I get that, then it'll be good. If I can do that, then it will be very good. But here's what I learned, that I'm already good enough. And you're already good enough. That's the whole purpose and point of Jesus. Come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, you who are trying to get that promotion, you who need that salary, you who need to find that work, you who need to get uh, better scores, you who need uh, a trophy uh, on your shelf to say, I'm worth it. Through Jesus, the Father says, you're already worth it. You're already loved. And that is the beginning of a life of soul rest. That's why when Jesus died, the curtain in the temple was torn in two, that a life of striving and performing in the old covenant where the sacrifices had to be just right was finished. And Jesus says, my sacrifice is enough for you. And so pattern of, patterns of rest, uh, practices that lead us into rest, they're, they're good, they're, they're helpful. Uh, because they lead us to discover Jesus. So spending time in the word every day, having a, a, a Sabbath hour, um, exercising, reflecting, switching off the radio in the car and, and, and praying in the spirit, or just repeating a mantra, I am loved by the Father, uh, taking some time each week, taking, taking some time each month. Th these are great practices, but I've discovered within myself that I can turn even good practices into a performance and into a, right, I've done that and tick it off and still not lack rest, still not have rest because at the center of my being, nothing's changed. And so we want to shift from performance to abiding, a life of abiding. You know, the vine uh, that produces the branch doesn't say, now branch, you must strive in order to uh, produce fruit. The branch produces the fruit simply by abiding in the vine. We move from pleasing God to hearing him say, you are my beloved, you are my daughter, you are my son. We move from uncertainty, from exclusion, to trying to get Father's love, to living in the knowledge that we already have his love. And because we have his love, we've got acceptance and we've got his identity, our identity.
we move from striving, striving to please God, striving to read the Bible, striving to find things in Scripture, striving for revelation, to seeking, seeking his heart, seeking his soul rest. We move from doing to done. I've got to do this. I have to do this. And so we move from got to, have to, need to, ought to, to, Peter, what if? How about? Would you like to? We move from shame and guilt to holding our head up high. We move from works to grace. And as we encounter these shifts, uh, mostly from self-reliance to being father responsive, we discover that we're already enough and rest becomes our lot. Am I still a type A personality? Yes. Do I still want to go and smash out a PB? Yes. But even if I do, I'm no better than if I hadn't. And if I get to a hill and I can't race up it, but I walk up it, so what? If I go for a promotion and I don't get it, yes, that's disappointing, especially if you need the extra income, but it's not devastating and it doesn't change who you are because who you are is determined by whose you are, not by what you do or by what you have. And this discovery leads you into a lifestyle of rest, even as it has led me into a lifestyle of rest. Just the other day, you know, you would have thought that I was, my, my name was uh, Vladimir or something like that because I was Russian everywhere. And uh, I was rushing to get out the door and I was rushing to, to make sure, you know, wallet, glasses, keys, Bible. And my wife just came over to me and held both hands and she said, Peter, slow down, slow down. If you're late, it doesn't matter. And she said, you are enough. You are enough. You don't need to rush. And so I want to finish just by reminding you that you are enough. And it took $250 and a naturopath appointment to me for me to realize that redlining my engine doesn't make me any more acceptable. But like you, because of Father, through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, I am enough. And so are you. Thanks for hearing me out.